0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to The Caring Economy with me, Toby Usnik. I'm honored today to have Hervé Dutay, who is the uh, Chief Sustainability Officer for the Americas for the French banking conglomerate, BNP Paribas. Um, I noticed when I first connected with Hervé that his title on LinkedIn was Happy Chief Sustainability Vision Officer, HCSVO, which is a title I've never seen before, but I like the spirit of it. So. Uh, Hervé, kudos to you. Can you tell us a little bit about Hervé Duté and uh, which title you prefer and how you got where you got today?
1: Sure. So, good morning or good afternoon, uh, everyone, depending where you are. Uh, and Toby, thank you very much for having me today. Uh, so, by way of background, before I get to the title, um, I've always... Um, Uh, worked at BNP Paribas, uh, always uh, in the U.S., something you cannot tell from uh, listening to me, um, except maybe for 18 months in Australia. Um, The first 20 years I spent in uh, financial derivatives, uh, primarily uh, as a trader. And uh, about six years ago, early uh, 2014, um I decided voluntarily to step uh, to step out from the trading floor mm-hmm. uh, to move to something totally different uh, which at the time was to take the helm of um, uh, corporate Social Responsibility at BNP Paribas for the Americas. It was uh, the first first position and I quickly um, proposed to rename uh, or to create actually a new position being the position of CSO, Chief Sustainability Officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the point was uh, at the time was really to uh, put a focus on the fact that it's all about business. Uh, it's not about um, dealing with and the surplus that we have, uh, be it surplus of time, surplus of money, uh, mm-hmm. but rather dealing with the core of what we do. And as a bank, uh, a commercial bank, a retail bank, an investment bank, um, the core of what we do is business. So uh, I thought that the, the one way of uh, uh, unlinking um, the, the our corporate response the, the social responsibility of our corporate from philanthropy volunteering uh, green initiatives but really relink it to the core of our business was really to to uh, focus on sustainability and and therefore to rename the position cso so now we
0: sort of coupled the traditional associated
1: functions and realities to really go to your core. That's right, that's right. So now, uh, when you come to the LinkedIn title, two things. Um, First, um, uh, why did I change on my LinkedIn to, so first of all, I had it on my LinkedIn happy because, as you just mentioned, it's all about being disruptive. It's about refocusing on what matters. And as we know, um, every 50 years, we need to refocus on what what matters. And I think uh, in the first decade of this century, um, and as the 2008 crisis highlighted, um, we probably had deviated a little bit from what we need what we need to focus so mm-hmm. so disruption is a, a good way to to, to refocus uh, the masses on uh, what uh, truly matters today mm-hmm. um, and so having the world happy in front of CSO is a way to, to create this disruption and, and create this interrogation. Now um, fast forward to nearly today, every bank has a CSO, and it was cool mm-hmm. to be a CSO in 2014 in, in banking when there were no CSOs, but I find it totally uncool nowadays uh, to be a CSO when uh, Goldman Sachs has a CSO, Morgan Stanley has a CSO, and Citibank has a CSO. So uh, that I changed that's one reason I changed it. Uh, to to a chief sustainability vision officer. The second reason is actually, in truth, uh, a CSO at a bank um, is a misnomer. Uh, we're, we're not, for the most part, an, an operational entity. We're, we're, we're not uh, dealing with warehouses, we're uh, factories, uh, mm-hmm. where you can truly have a true sustainability impact. We're really a, a, a service firm, we're an intermediary. And where we have the most impact is not truly really, is not truly really through our direct uh, footprint, through our direct. Um Uh, dealings, but it's really through our clients. Uh, And that's where having a vision um, and and communicating this vision, inspiring others uh, with this vision, inspiring clients with this vision is where we truly have impact because they are the ones who are on the ground who really delivers things. All we do is financing them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really what you uh, really have or need within banking uh, and sustainability. It's actually vision officers that can uh, show the trajectory, show the roadmap and then uh, and, uh, take along everyone around.
0: Sure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, we're with Hervé Dutay, who's the chief sustainability officer for the Americas, for BMP Paribas, I believe the eighth largest bank now in the world. Uh, Hervé, um, yes, vision is so critical, but I also write in my book, The Caring Economy, about leadership and how it's very much also the execution. And you've been executing from the start. You were really quite a pioneer, as you said, when you you, you moved from the trading floor into this role. So, um, talk a little bit about where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Uh, where does the execution happen at BNP Paribas around sustainability? How do your How do you know your clients are getting what they signed up for?
1: Sure. So broadly speaking, I would I, I would um, uh, say there are three angles uh, the bank can have action. Um, the first, which um, others than me, truly in the bank have built over the last uh, 20 plus years, um, is first all about what we choose not to do, um, or what we choose to do uh, the best way. And that's the defense part of corporate social responsibility, um, and CSR within a bank uh, is uh, very much around risk management. So choosing, choosing your clients, deciding which client you're gonna service, deciding which client you're gonna advocate better ways of operating, especially in sensitive sectors uh, like mining, like uh, agriculture, like uh, oil and gas sectors mm-hmm. uh, or defense. Um, BNP Paribas has been really a leader in uh, establishing very sound uh, so-called ESG policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, to choose the clients uh, we deal with and, cert- and, and more importantly, to communicate uh, the standards uh, we consider best in class and we, we, we wish to accompany our clients to it. So, that, so that's the first uh, stone or first, uh, first pillar, if you will, if you wish our action. The second, again, staying in the traditional first is, uh, is uh, everything around the engagement of our stakeholders. So, broadening from environmental issues more to social issues, uh, from uh, our suppliers to clients to uh, uh, retail uh, consumers. Um, The the bank has had a lot of actions uh, helping uh, communities where where, we're located. Um, serving cli- clients who uh, who are in underserved uh, regions, etc. So that's the second mm-hmm. angle of action. The third and last, I think, um, which is really the exciting one of the last six years, um, uh, is is what I call sustainable finance. Um, so it's move it's uh, building on the defensive, of course, but now crafting products uh, that going to Uh, accelerate uh, the sustainability endeavors of our client. And the whole idea here is um, basically when you finance a corporation that is using the funds uh, towards uh, sustainable projects, or if you're financing, if you don't want to look for the sustainable project, you don't want to trace the capital expenditures, but if you're financing a company that is holistically recognized, Uh, as a best-in-class sustainable uh, corporations, and yet that is striving to do better. Well, the whole idea is when you're financing those projects or companies, uh, trying to, if we can provide incremental benefits through the financing, when that financing clearly relate to sustainability performance. So so that's been the whole uh, premise behind uh, sustainable finance over the last six years. Uh, Sustainable investing has been around for a long time. It started maybe in the early 70s, truly, but uh, the focus there was on building portfolios that that were gathering uh, securities from companies that were uh, good from an environmental, social, and governance perspective. Here, we're not looking at portfolios, we're really looking at individual companies Mm -hmm. and uh, what we can do when we're financing them one by one. Uh, So that's been the rise of sustainable finance. Um, So the idea is to provide incremental benefits, those benefits can be of course a better uh, funding rate. Uh, This uh, of course please clients but actually if they can achieve a better funding rate um, because they, uh, they are demonstrating that they are reducing greenhouse gas emissions, let's say, uh, uh, at a uh, fast pace, good for them. But it can be also the ability to reach a broader set of investors. You have um, uh, sustainable investors that would not buy Uh, securities from companies that have not been stamped sustainable. Uh, It can be an opportunity to communicate of your sustainability strategy to the financial community. It can be PR, it can be many things. So so these are some of the benefits that sustainable finance is bringing to borrowers um, in the banking market and in the public uh, investor market. Now, and that would be my final word on this. um, What we've done truly Um, and that's where it gets really most exciting, it's to create a race to the top. Sustainable finance, let's be clear, um, is not truly financing things that would not be financed anyway. So uh, a green bond is nice, but quite frankly, most uh, projects uh, that have been financed with green bonds could have been financed with regular bonds. Uh, But where it gets exciting, it's what I call the race to the top that it creates as borrowers are starting to use those sustainable financing products, they are showcasing their sustainability initiatives. They are uh, shining in bright light, if I may say, and they can do so because um, behind they have done or they're doing the sustainability efforts uh, that uh, that, that are necessary to use those products. Mm -hmm. And as their peers see that, uh, it creates this incentive to emulate them. So all of a sudden we create categories between green and brown, green and greener, greener and greenest. Um, and, and, and and it create, and human greed, if you wish, takes, takes over and, uh, and people compete to out- outbest each other. Uh, the good news is it's uh, to outbest for the best, of, for, the, for the better of society. Agreed.
0: So, Hervé, um, again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're with Hervé Dutay, who's the chief sustainability officer in the Americas for BNP Paribas, the French banking giant. Um, Hervé, can you give us a couple of examples of what success looks like in terms of sustainable finance? Uh, maybe some household names or stories that we may have seen in the mm-hmm. news would um, be uh, attributable to BNP, at least in part.
1: Sure. Um... So I'll give you two examples. Um, one is um, it's a concept in in a way we, we we pioneered in mainstream finance. The first generation of product that sustainable finance has seen is what we call the labeled use of proceeds products. So the the most famous one is the so-called green bond, Uh, And the whole idea is it's a regular bond, uh, but um, the issuer of the bond is uh, committing to use the funds for, let's say, some green purposes, such as building wind farms. The second generation of product uh, has moved away from looking at how the funds are being used, but instead, is looking forward uh, and um, is going to look at uh, future outcomes. And we're going to measure the impact over the years. And if the impact, uh, if the measurements is uh, meeting some targets, the uh, borrower will get a reduction in interest rate and conversely, if uh, the results are um, past a certain negative threshold, let's say, uh, there will be a penalty associated with that. So I'll give you two two stories or, uh, along uh, that. The, the very first time we applied it was in 2016, if I'm not right, if I'm not wrong, in supply chain financing. Uh, with um, uh, Puma, you know, the uh, sportswear uh, manufacturer, Uh, Puma uh, came to us and um, we wanted to look at a product where we could give incentives to their suppliers uh, to do better on sustainability performance. So banks have been financing supply chains for large corporations forever. Uh, It's kind of a win-win situation. The, uh, The large corporate such as Puma wants to pay As late as possible, like three months later uh, than when they do the purchase. Conversely, the supplier, especially in emerging markets, um, is cash constrained and wants the money right away. Uh, So banks have been doing those type of financings forever, where we give the cash immediately to the supplier at a discount, but we discount the invoice at a credit um, rate that is reflective of the large corporate. So in other words, the the small supplier supplier in emerging market can borrow money for three months at the rate of Puma or any uh, Fortune 500 companies. Now, the wrinkle we introduced was that um, this interest rate uh, would move up or down by a significant amount, depending on uh, the supplier's performance uh, along some sustainability criteria. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, uh, 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 plain vanilla financing mechanism becomes uh, 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 a lever of change uh, where the large corporate can use it as a, as a lever to, to force transformation at the supplier level. And it's either to have a better sustainability performance from a holistic um, perspective, but it could be uh, to have better water efficiency. Think of a, uh, uh, fast food companies that's buying potatoes from farmers, uh, water being used is very important or if, let's say for a garment, uh, in the garment industry, if you want to make sure that your suppliers have fire escapes in the factories. Anyway, you can choose any criteria and associate a uh, incentive or financial penalty to that. So that this was the beginning and this whole idea has since uh, made its way into regular uh, loans, uh, revolving credit facilities, and lately bond. And that will be my second short story around this. Um, Enel, the large Italian uh, power utility, Mm -hmm. last fall um, issued uh, three bonds. which incorporated this uh, sustainability mechanism. So in the first one in September that was issued in US dollar, it was a five-year bond. Um, Enel at the time had, I believe, 45.9% of installed renewable energy capacity. Two and a half years later, so halfway through the life of the bond, we uh, we're going to remeasure this installed renewable energy capacity, and and if it is below fifty five percent, so in other words, if uh, NL hasn't moved from nearly forty six percent today to fifty five percent in two and a half years, the the coupon on the bond will step up by twenty five basis points, mm-hmm. uh, which would be more expensive for NL, So NL is truly putting its money where its uh, word is, uh, ready to pay a penalty if they don't reach those targets. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, those two examples are quite striking. I, I wonder when you're speaking about the Puma example, 2016 was that, was Joachim Zeitz was still running Puma then? Was he involved in that process at all?
1: I would not know. <laughs>
0: Because he was quite, he's been quite a visionary leader. I've written about him in the book, but um, the reason I ask about that is just because I think leadership is so important when, when doing any undertaking, but particularly in the area of sustainability. I wonder if you might I, talk a little bit about that in your because you have this great macro view, right? You look across industries, sectors, the globe. Um, what, what would you say about leadership in terms of impact and that sort of race to
1: the top? Uh, I, w- I would absolutely agree. Um, first, <coughs> while I could not answer on your specific question with regard to PUMA, uh, PUMA is very known for, being, um, for having very strong sustainability um, policies uh, and so their parent company Caring. Uh, Caring has a huge sustainability focus uh, through its many subsidiaries uh, and that that certainly uh, uh, explains why uh, they were such a pioneer in using this uh, sustainable uh, supply chain financing solution uh, four or five years ago. Uh, More broadly, uh, leadership indeed is key. Uh, But leadership is at all levels Um, and actually I think uh, of course top-down leadership and I will come to it uh, ultimately is absolutely necessary Um, but if there is one change between last century and this century is that uh, leadership has moved from uh, uh, the top-down direction. Leadership has moved uh, away from being linear into being much more distributed through networks, through social networks, etc. And the way we achieved this truly revolution within uh, BNP Paribas uh, corporate investment banking uh, division. Uh, Just to recall BNP Paribas uh, has three main line of activities, uh, retail banking, uh, corporate investment banking, and asset management. And this financing story uh, takes place in that second uh, division, which is the Mm -hmm. investment banking division, the financing arm, if you wish, of uh, large corporation. Um, so um, the story we created at BNP Paribas CIB uh, started uh, as a bottom-up story. It was uh, people who really came from the front office lines um, and within their division, or in my case, um, opening a new chapter uh, in their uh, career, uh, really um, ask themselves, how can we have a marked impact with what we do every day? Not with the volunteer hours we spend here and there, not with the philanthropy efforts that we do, but how with what I do every day can I have an impact? And quite honestly, within a, an investment bank, uh, it's, it's quite challenging because what we do is extremely esoteric. Uh, we do. Uh, we underwrite bonds. We uh, we we extend loans. Uh, we trade exotic derivatives. Go and change the world with that. But that's really the the, 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 <laughs> the question we ask ourselves. Um, and and within a couple of years, I would say uh, we had several hundred uh, people within our CIB division spending a certain amount of time uh, on those questions. And that's when uh, upper middle management, I would say, uh, paid attention, Mm -hmm. saw that there was a movement um, and started to really lay the ground to support this bottom up movement. And the third stage of the rocket was the upper management uh, a year or two later, embracing the whole initiative, and, and that was where top-down meets bottom-up, uh, where you have uh, the distributed network, you have the passion within the trenches, and you have the top management setting the tone, giving targets, uh, even challenging targets to galvanize and, 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 uh, the, the organization. And, and today, sustainable finance is a key, key priority of the bank.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, we're with Hervé Dutay, who's the Chief Sustainability Officer in the Americas for French bank, uh, BNP Paribas. I've written in The Caring Economy about uh, great brands being built from the inside out, Hervé. It sounds like that that was a grassroots effort within BNP Paribas to, to really embrace this. I, I wonder, I also like to say every so often that um, nobody's cornered the market on good ideas. So I, it sounds like you have this, Firmament there at BMP Paribas where people are thinking creatively about the bigger issues and how they can not be window dressing or, or greenwashing, but really live and breathe the the change that we want to see. Is that a, a fair statement?
1: Yes. No. It's really it's it's really true, and we uh, we are very lucky to have a management. Um, that has uh, really allowed us to to continue to operate um, as uh, as networks, I would say, Um, instead of uh, overly organized, uh, especially uh, within traditional structures, uh, the effort Uh, Instead, they've helped uh, this bottom-up movement to continue to grow and blossom. Um, From the outside, it may look a little bit messy or it may look difficult to understand because we have probably at least, I can think at least of 20 layers. Uh, you know, the sustainable finance uh, uh, layer within uh, our global market division, the sustainable finance uh, uh, stream within our um, financial and institution banking network. Um, We have numerous, numerous layers and communities and networks uh, with many overlaps. Uh, And instead of uh, crystallizing all of that within one single uh, top down chain, Uh, We have maintained and grown each of them, creating, of course, a lot of bridges and connection points, but that's how you maintain creativity. Uh, Banks, uh, by nature and by necessity, um, um, typically must adopt uh, an an organization that's uh, at the opposite of creativity. Uh, because of the risks involved in our activities, we must segregate functions, we must segregate duties, uh, so we are a very uh, uh, bicephal world, if that, is, if that word exists, I'm not sure, but where you have front office and back office, you have uh, businesses and functions, uh, you have, and and we tend to, but, but nowadays um, Business uh, ideas typically are hybrid between um, processes, I would say, and uh, and traditional business. Think uh, what we used to call IT today, we call digital. What We used to call CSR today, we call sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you uh, if you try to grow sustainable finance from the CSR function. Uh, you'll never make it a business. On the other hand, if you try to grow sustainable finance within, let's say, a trading division, it's going to be dead within three days because it doesn't produce yet a penny. Uh, so it's how you manage this tension, um, and and we were very lucky to have uh, a management that understood that very well, even though the ninety nine point nine percent of the bank is uh, built on a very uh, clear segregation of duties for sustainable finance. We've been manag- We've been able to, uh, to really cross many, many, many lines that have, uh, um, promoted creativity and, and enabled us to pioneer a lot of new products. Uh,
0: it's fantastic. It actually sounds organic in nature, which seems to just dovetail beautifully with the, mm. current, the CSR. Um, as I've also written in my book, I do think that, um, And a sort of utopian place is sort of where you are, where you're moving toward, which is that there's not one person who is responsible for quote unquote caring or sustainability. Really it's a culture of continual improvement and it's more of a direction than a point of arrival, right? Everyone has ownership and a responsibility for not just delivering on the bottom line, but also for a, a more responsible business, a more inclusive business, a, a, a brighter future for more people, not fewer. So kudos to you and, and the team at uh, at BMP Paribas. Rave, we're a little uh, running down on time. I wonder, there's so much more I'd love to talk to you about, but maybe we'll get you back another time. Could you maybe give us some final thoughts on, on the role of finance and sustainability and, um, and uh, BMP Paribas' bars role in that
1: uh, sure so <clears throat> apologies um, the as I said um, I think that the role of finance is clear that um, uh, I think we have to remember two things the, the, the one that it's, it's going to be pervasive. It's the enabler uh, that is universal to all initiatives. And at the same time, we must remain humble, uh, remembering that finance by itself doesn't achieve anything. Mm-hmm. Um, before the, uh, before the COVID-19 crisis, uh, I was uh, at uh, on a panel at one of the last conferences I uh, attended and the um, the moderator um, in his intro was uh, telling how much uh, finance uh, was on its way now to save the world. Uh, and I started by saying that I had bad news that finance will not change the world. Uh, if anything, the world is, is, uh, is, sorry, that the finance will not save the world, but if anything that the world will save is saving finance. <laughs> um, because finance doesn't change, that doesn't, there's nothing. We're just a pass-through, we're we're just um, channeling money from those who want to do good towards those that are actually doing those uh, impactful projects. Um, But there's one thing that finance can do and it's that raised uh, smart. uh, We can uh, attach uh, green strings, uh, green bells and green whistles. Uh, where the money um, that is being lent uh, has some strings, green strings attached to, uh, and where basically um, you 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 give incentives to others uh, to uh, to outbest uh, each other on um, on sustainability. So that's uh, what finance can achieve, and I think it's uh, it's a, it's a really a, a great news. Uh, now that I think most have understood that idea. We, we need to be careful, however, uh, of uh, especially of greenwashing or social washing or sustainability washing. Uh, I think everyone has embraced the, the sustainability. Uh, um, I, um, it's available to all, uh, but I don't think everyone is yet ready uh, to commit the uh, ambitious efforts that are necessary, so uh, I think our role will slightly move from advocate, which we will remain, of course, to also guardian mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that um, uh, sure that sustainable finance is within reach from uh, f- for, 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 of, for, of most, uh, but at the same time, it has a price uh, that I think everyone can reach, but one has to pay the price to 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 be allowed to use those products.
0: Yes, that, that's a great final point, Hervé. I, um, I have to say, when we see the, the significant growth in the ESG investment over the past few years, clearly it's one of the fastest, not the fastest growing areas of investing and... Um, Thankfully, there are brands like BNP Paribas who've been at this a long time with leadership such as yours, so uh, to help us read, filter, and make sound investments. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, again, I want to thank my guest today, Hervé Dutai, who is the Chief Sustainability Officer in the Americas for BNP Paribas, the eighth largest bank in the world. Again, Hervé, thank you, stay well, and please come back.